Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. Get up, 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 get up. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child months ago, and I said a few months before that, and I said each time we see one of these mass shootings, our thoughts and prayers are not enough. It's not enough. It does not capture the heartache and grief and anger that we should feel. And it does nothing to prevent this carnage from being inflicted someplace else in America. Next week. Or a couple of months from now. We don't yet know why this individual did what he did. And it's fair to say that anybody who does this has a sickness in their minds. Regardless of what they think their motivations may be. But we are not the only country on earth that has people with mental illnesses or want to do harm to other people. We are the only advanced country on earth that sees these kinds of mass shootings every few months. You know, earlier this year I answered a question in an interview by saying, the United States of America is the one advanced nation on earth in which we do not have sufficient common sense gun safety laws even in the face of repeated mass killings. And later that day, there was a mass shooting at a movie theater in Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, along with my co-host, Christy Gaynell. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. 
Good morning, Christy, as we open with the clip from President Obama after the tragic shooting in Oregon um, just last week. And um, today's discussion question as we get right into it is what about gun control? How are you doing this morning? Say hello to all the truth seekers, Christy. Everybody is here. Hey, Christy, I think I messed up the mic on the beginning. I'm sorry, did you say hello to everybody? I said hello to everybody. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Hope everybody's doing well. Cool, cool, cool. Glad to have you this morning as we get right into this morning's discussion, as you heard of the president's response to, like I said, again, the tragic situation up in Oregon uh, with the shooter. And he it mentions in his speech, he says something to the effect that this happens every few months in America. But the fact is, uh, we've been averaging a mass shooting, and mass shooting is defined as four or more people being killed at once. We've been averaging a mass shooting one per month for the past four years. And today's discussion question, what about gun control? I think it is definitely time for us to open up the phone lines and open up um, the Mental Dialogue talk show you know, for our viewpoint, the way we approach it, which we definitely know that there are two sides to every issue. If you're out there listening, we welcome however you feel about this issue. We typically, in a sense, do not lean one way or the other. Um, Of course, I have my opinion. Christy has hers. So, yes, we present those. But at the same time, however you feel about this issue, we welcome the discussion. What about gun control? Um, As usual, Christy, uh, put you on the spot beginning of the show. When you first saw this today's Today's topic. Uh, what was the first thoughts that ran through your mind this week when you when the show when we put up this show topic? Oh, I was thinking this is going to be fun because I have a feeling we may stand on opposite sides of this issue. So I can, I'm really in, I'm anxious to delve into it. Well, you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, we do know this is a, a topic that is that in two. Quite too often, in my opinion, um, we are quite divided upon, um, you know, people in a sense falling on, in a sense, one side of the other. And hopefully, you know, those sides can be brought to the table today in this morning's discussion and we can figure out, you know, are there any solutions? Are there any, is there any compromise um, between the two sides? You know, what's being said? What's factual? What's rhetoric? Um, You know, those are at least what we had hoped and attempt to do this morning, and hopefully uh, people out there will want to get in on this morning's discussion. And the thing is, you know, in Obama's tenure, this is the 15th time that President Obama has actually spoken about some remnants of gun control. And every time he does it, the talk radio, TV goes haywire um, in reference to him making these concessions, saying that we need to do something about it, as you heard in that clip. And so um, just before we go to our first break, per se, Christy, uh, what are your thoughts when President Obama says we need to do something about it? You know, there are obviously advocates of the Second Amendment who say this is some attempt of control uh, of us as citizens. And so the president says, well, you know, as he said in the clip, we're the only developed country, per se, that is regularly having these shootings. And so what are your initial 
thoughts on this morning's discussion as far as even the President Obama calling for our country, in a sense, to do something and offer some type of gun control? What are your initial thoughts um, to what President had to say? I I think we need to do something about it. I don't think gun control, as um, politicians suggested, is the answer. I don't think that um, being more careful about monitoring who gets guns or taking away people's rights to bear arms is going to help in any way, especially in this age of technology that we live in where people who really want to can build their own guns they can build their own bombs. So all you're doing is taking away the opportunity of people to protect themselves from the people who already know how to design and build and are willing to, you know, use it. I mean, the, the people that are actually a threat to us are still going to have the guns. So why take them away from the people that might need to protect themselves at point, some point? Okay, well, in this most you know, recent example, and obviously there are many, unfortunately, as we say, we average one mass shooting per month in this country. But in the recent situation, um, you know, the shooter, which if you are a first-time listener, we will not say their name on this show. We don't give them that honor of going down in that type of infamy. infamy. But with that said, um, in this last situation, this guy was able to obtain the guns legally. And so when the president offers, and like I said, I'm we're definitely going to talk about it from both sides. But when the president offers doing something about it, he's talking about, you know, even making it, in a sense, more difficult. So true indeed, um, you, people that want to get guns or anything in, a, in, in, in in America, whether it be drugs, guns, or whatever, and finding somebody that really wants something, you're right, they can get it. And um, But as President Obama called for, he says, are there, are there not any common sense approaches to making it more difficult, whereas this last situation, this this guy was able to obtain it legally. And so uh, I guess the, 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 the flip side to trying to put barriers in place is to, in a sense, at least make it more difficult versus it being legally accessible, and now we're having mass shootings just because the availability of guns are so easy. At least, at least I think that is the other side. We are going to go to our first break, and when we come back, we'll get deeper into it. It looks like we're going to be on opposite sides of the, uh, of the coin again this morning, Christy, which always makes for a good show. We'll be right back as you're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, Live and Executive Cuts. All I ask is that you think. I get my hair cut at executive, 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 executive cuts. Come to executive cuts where everyone's welcome. The service that I get here is the best around Cobb County. I think everyone should come. Comfortable environment, treat you real good, good service, and you get what you want with your hair. That's the best cut I've ever had since I've been here in Atlanta and Cobb County, so I never go anywhere else. Whether you got braids, dreads, you got fades, or ball heads, come to executive cuts. It's the best one. Executive cuts located on Cobb Parkway, just south of Dobbins. I had to keep them bare arms without infringing on that. And Tom is back with me on the grill. Let's just go through a few things. Um, would you support any of the key gun control um, proposals being put forward by President Obama, Diane Feinstein, and others? Let's go through them quickly. Would you support an assault weapons ban? No, I would not. Of any description? No, I would not. Would you support a ban on high capacity magazines, say over 10 bullets? No, I would not. Would you support universal background checks? 
I would not support any of the, the propositions that they have presented or that you have presented, but you all are more than willing to present those solutions as a constitutional amendment. Just to propose them as well, a law teach, or as an executive order will not work. Right. If 88% of the American people support background checks under the last poll, why would you not support that? What is your argument against knowing whether somebody about to buy a gun is mentally insane and can be proven to be mentally insane or is a criminal because of your criminal record? Why would you not want to know that? Because the Constitution, as it currently is stated, as it is currently written, says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Even if you're mentally insane or criminal? If you, if you want to amend and change the Constitution, there's a way to do that, and it's through the amendment process. But you don't, if, just to clarify, you don't want people to know if somebody buying a gun is mentally insane or criminal? There was, at one point in time, a majority of people that felt that alcohol should be prohibited in America. And as a result of that, we got the 18th Amendment. Well, I'm talking about guns. I'm just talking talking about constitutional rights. I think it's quite important because many, many pro-gun people always say to me, it's a big mental health issue. Yet what you appear to be telling me is you don't even want to check if people are mentally insane and can be proven to be mentally insane before they purchase. None of these ideas should be controversial. Why wouldn't we want to make it more difficult for a dangerous person to get his or her hand on a gun? Why wouldn't we want to close the loophole that allows as many as 40% of all gun purchases to take place without a background check? Why wouldn't we do that? And if you ask most Americans outside of Washington, including many gun owners, some of these ideas, they don't consider them controversial. Right now, 90% of Americans, 90%, Support background checks that will keep criminals and people who have been found to be a danger to themselves or others from buying a gun. More than 80% of Republicans agree. More than 80% of gun owners agree. Think about that. How often do 90% of Americans agree on anything? It never happens. Many other reforms are supported by clear majorities of Americans. And I ask every American to find out where your member of Congress stands on these ideas. If they're not part of that 90% who agree that we should make it harder for a criminal or somebody with a severe mental illness to buy a gun, then you should ask them, why not? Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with my co-host, Christy Gaynell. Just played a couple more cuts uh, another one from President Obama, as well as an interview from Pierce Morgan with Senator Nathan Dam from Oklahoma, uh, talking about the idea of background checks. And right before the break, Christy, you were offering, you didn't know if it would if it was necessary or if it would even help if we were to put uh, maybe some some barriers per se. I don't know if that's exactly what you were saying, so I'll let you answer for yourself. But basically, you didn't know how effective gun control might be considering that those that are going to go outside of the law per, per se would get them anyway and in your eyes would make it in a sense more dangerous for those of us who are law-abiding. And so I guess I'll ask just based on the clips you just heard, uh, what are your specific thoughts on, in a sense, the background checks specifically? Um, as you hear Pierce Morgan or even President Obama making reference to 
making it more difficult for someone who may have a mental health issue, which unfortunately quite often in these mass shootings, that may be the case. Sometimes it's depression, but a lot often when they go into the research and the background, people are designated as having some type of mental issue. So what are your thoughts for, for putting something in place in reference to a better background check? What do you think about that? I, I don't agree with it either because I, I honestly believe that the most dangerous people are handed guns by government officials on a daily basis. The people that are killing us, they, they're not making guns. They're not getting them um, illegally. They're not even having this discussion background time. I mean, if you look at the number of police shootings, those those men are handed guns and and authorized to use them and i feel like as a people the whole the whole point of the constitution was so that we could protect ourselves from any threat at any time if you look at statistics interestingly in the state of georgia the city of kennesaw has the lowest crime rate in the state and they have a gun law in kennesaw where it is mandatory for every homeowner to own a gun. That is the law. It's mandatory for every homeowner to own a gun. So people know in Kennesaw, if they bust into somebody's house, it is likely that that person has a gun and may or may not use it. So they have the lowest crime rate in the state. I hear people pop up. I'm sorry, go ahead, ahead, please. I'm saying the places where the crime rate is higher are places where they're not giving people guns because there's a high criminal rate, and those people, a lot of people are buying those guns illegally. I mean, in some cases, like the one with the mass shooting, yes, that person bought a gun legally and didn't, you know, have a background check or whatever the case may be. But we're, t- I mean, on a daily basis, there are people getting guns legally and illegally and using them to kill each other, and I feel like. If you understand all of the stuff that's going on in our society, you do not want to give up the opportunity to protect yourself. And so, okay, so let me let me try let me let me just two things you said. I definitely want to jump into the Kennesaw conversation, but to 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 stay specific to the background check. So, right when we say that they that that people are able to get these guns legally, you don't see that it makes any sense to, to at a minimum, on a background check, basically come up with the – because that's the goal. The goal with the background check, from a, from what I understand, is, is, is in a sense trying to implement it is because right now since we don't really have a, a background check uh, in place – I mean, there is a minimum one if you want to go purchase a gun, you know, via a store. There is a minimum one, and we'll hear more about that later. But it doesn't really – it's not a – it's it's not a common sense background check to so the idea with creating a background check is the idea of trying to create some type of database where states are able to talk to states and um like for example I'll give you when I say the background check is not that not not that can doesn't really cover a lot for example if you if I I purchase guns in stores I'm a country boy so I I like I enjoy handguns myself. I've shot rifles growing up. So, but even with that said, if I walk into the store, the background check just simply says, "Have you had any mental issues?" Of course, my answer is no. <laughs> so, so the idea with even implementing some type of background check, and I'm not even saying this with the assumption that they're going to cover everybody, but the idea is to make note of somebody's mental history, if that is the case, and to have that database talk. So that's the idea, and like I said, I do understand that it may not capture everybody, 
But when we say people can get them legally and illegally, I'm just trying to understand why do we advocate make allowing the legal way to get it easy? That you know, like to, to, that's because that's the concern. My my concern sorry, go ahead. is that if you my concern is that if you make it where okay they have to have a background check and they make it um, impossible for criminals or people with mental illness to get a gun legally they're going to start criminalizing more people. Like every time there is an opportunity for them to say people can't have something, if they fall into this category, they start putting more people in that category unnecessarily. And I, well, I find that okay. – go ahead. Okay, yeah, well, I, I, I see I see the logic there. In this situation, because we're talking about – uh, 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 item that can take your life. I mean, because I see where you're going. It's similar to um, how different drugs are criminalized different than others. You know, they, I think that's kind of uh, I think that's a fair analogy to to what you're saying, or which is obviously something that you know I'm personally concerned about uh, when it comes to mass incarceration. Like I said, I think that's a, almost a similar analogy to, to what you're making. Um, but I would offer in the advent of handguns, something that can take lives, or not even so much handguns, but it's the, the automatic weapons, for example, where they can take massive lives all in a matter of seconds. You're in a situation where um, if the background check basically comes back that you cannot get it, and those of us who can don't have that history, and we're able to still obtain our guns, you know, get our guns. So you're not you're not in a situation where you, as a citizen who is a law-abiding citizen, is can be criminalized because you've went through a better background check than currently what happens at gun stores. But you've went through a a background check, you have been approved, so you're not going to be criminalized for having a gun. For those that don't qualify, and yes, if they go to obtain a law, a gun at that point, I also think that they will. Well, if a background check is ever put into place, what will also accompany it will be stringent, more stringent gun laws for those who obtain guns illegally. So, so, so yes, there is, a, in a sense, a line of demarcation or something that we'll put in place. I think that has to go with it. Not only a better background check, but now, so, so yes, you are, you are right in I a sense agree. that. Okay, okay, okay. I'll say this. You're you're right. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I think when you change the laws, you change the mentality of the people. So a lot of people that may get picked up or hospitalized or whatever the case may be and released released from the hospital without having anything put on their record with regard to mental illness or whatever the case is, whatever is going on with them, if they're seemed or deemed not to be of any serious condition and let go, I think that that will change if you change the gun laws because then the mentality becomes, well, if I put that this person is mentally stable and they go out and get a gun and kill people, then I'll, I will be held responsible or I will feel responsible. So now let me put this person is not mentally stable to make sure that that possibility doesn't exist. I mean, we've already seen this stuff happening in the prison system where if a person goes to jail and they say that they've experienced any form of depression or considered suicide at any point in their 50s, 60s, however many years of life that they've lived, if they have at any point ever considered the possibility of it, they strip them down and put them in a cell alone or 
unclothed, just naked in these cold cells for hours and days, and they suffer greater abuse because they say something, you know, that mentally they had a moment where everything didn't feel perfect, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think once you adjust the laws so that you can, quote, unquote, protect people, you end up hurting more people. No, that's a that's a very strong point. For anybody out there that wants to get in, the number to call in is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. If you want to speak to myself or Christy, please press one if you're out there on the line. Again, that number is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Yes, Christy, I have to admit you bring up a, a very good point. And, and 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 if I understand you correctly, you're saying your concern is in a sense the people that will be, in a sense, giving the authority to designate, at, in in a sense, for those that may have some type of psychiatric evaluation or, or as you met, just mentioned, some type of one-time incident uh, where, you you know, where, where, like I said, everything's not going right and you, in a sense, because of what happened or what situation happened for you, you, in a sense, go through some type of psychiatric evaluation that one time, and you're over-concerned with what type of designation um, does that give you, and are you, in a sense, banned from having um, guns for the rest of your life or something to that? Is that a fair assessment of what you just said? Because, like I said, I, I think that's a strong point because I have to admit um, you know, like you said, there are there are a lot of areas where designating one group this or that or one person, you know, something is not always done fairly. So I, if, if I understood you, is that pretty much the, right. the point that you were making and why you're still concerned with um, not putting, in a sense, a, a, a more stringent background um, check in the place? That is one reason why I'm against it. That's exactly right. That I mean, we've seen in this country especially that designations are not sold out fairly, that for a certain fee you can buy a sanity. Uh, <laughs> you can buy sanity in this country. You can buy anything. Other people can also buy your insanity in this country. So I don't want us to create a situation where we're basing our allowances of people to have constitutional rights on another person's assessment without that person having any checks and balances either over over their assessment that they make. I mean, right now we're already overly criminalized. From the moment that a cop stops you, you're a criminal. That's not the way our Constitution was written. That's not the way the law is supposed to be, but that's how you're treated. Whether you're found guilty or not guilty, I mean, our, our – statutes right now say guilty and proven innocent, but anybody who's been in the legal system knows that you're in it, you're not innocent until proven guilty. You're guilty until proven innocent. I'm sorry I said that backwards, but it's supposed to be <laughs> until proven guilty. But the reality is you're guilty until proven innocent, and the moment that a cop stops you, they start treating you like a criminal, and we've seen that over and over again on YouTube. And it, it doesn't stop as you go through the system. You're treated like a number. You're treated like a criminal. You're made you're, you're treated worse than animals. And if you start taking away more constitutional rights, you create more opportunities for people to be mistreated. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. What would you say to the initial clip that we played this morning where President Obama makes case saying that we don't have any more 
mentally ill issues than other countries. But we're the country that has these regularly mass shootings, and in, 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 as he mentioned, these mass shootings in particular in a lot of cases, not always, but a lot of cases we are dealing with people who have mental issues. So when he says in comparison to other countries, as he said, we don't have more mental issues than other countries, but while we, the developed country in a sense, that is having this issue month after month after month, what do you say to the president when he says that to you? Like when he did, when he simply asks, "Is there not a common sense approach?" So, so even yeah, if, a in a sense, what he's approach. offering, uh, yeah, even if what he's offering is not the correct one, what, well, yeah, what would you suggest is the common sense approach to to make us, in a sense, get somehow get this under control? Because I think I think we can agree. I mean, if I share the numbers with you, you know, just to, you know, I mean, we're averaging ten thousand deaths a year. Via, via the gun, right. um, you know, in this country. Well, like, so what type of common sense approach might we take? Because that's what he's asking. I think what I think we're looking at one aspect of it and not another aspect of it. So right now we see people are being killed by guns and we say, let's take away the guns. We don't say, let's see what's going on with the people that they're acting out like this. What's different about the people in this country than the people in every other country? The, the difference isn't necessarily the accessibility to guns. And even if the difference were, he, I mean, he argued that we don't have more mentally ill people in this country than in any other country. I would, I would argue that that's not the whole. Well, let me correct. Let me correct you on this real quick before we go to break. Real, real quick, because I want to say, I want to correct you on one little thing, if you will, just before you go to break, because I want to make sure you. Now, what happens is the laws are way more stringent than those other countries. When you just made the reference that they're not, that's why he's making that reference. Most of those, like for example, in Europe, gun laws are incredibly restrictive. So, so there are a lot of more developed countries that have way more strict gun laws and not having these incidents. So, I do want to at least throw that in um, to have to see what your thoughts are. We're about to go to break, but if you can sneak in, what are your thoughts? Because that's not fair to say that they're not more stringent. They absolutely are. So let me throw that in and see what you have to say about that. Aside from the gun laws, you've got to look at what else is different in this country. And I think what we have in this country is a larger amount of people that have chemical imbalances because of our food our food regulations and our medicine regulations. I think if you were to change the way the FDA regulates food and medicine, things that were put on the market and marketed specifically to our country, you would see a huge shift in the amount of murder. Okay, okay. We need to, we need to go to break. We need to go to break, so we'll come back. Um, I, I don't know. I think I may agree with the president. I don't think we have more crazy than any other country, and I think that's what he mentioned. But we'll go to break and come back and let you finish that thought, Christy. We do have some callers on the line. If you want to get in on the discussion, 646-787-1691, and press 1 to let us know that you want to speak to Myself or Christy for this morning's discussion question, what about gun control? You are listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, live in Executive Cuts, and all I ask is that you think. We are a republic of the people by the people. So I dare the people that I elect mm-hmm. 
to tell me what I can and can't do because I elected you. But you don't think with so many people using these guns that are legal and, and doing these massacres? When you say so many, put a real number on it because you're giving an opinion. That's not a fact. Uh, I don't know the, the exact number. Stop but we, it we, at I don't we, know. We see it all the time. Though. But just No, we don't see it all the we time. Do. You see it when the news wants you to see it. We, we do. We you do don't, see it all the time. If you saw it all the time, you'd be hearing a story about Chicago every day. We do. We it. do see a story about Chicago. No, you see a, Chicago, you see a story every about day. Chicago now. No, absolutely not. We watch the same news. I every watch day. I watch ESPN. It depends what the story is. Yeah, you don't see it. Every day there's a kid shot in Chicago. Every day somebody no, shot in Chicago. No, you're just saying that. Yeah. You're saying that now there's a story, but two we years ago you day. weren't saying that. Two years and ago, a year ago. And I'm going to tell you something funny. Crime and gun violence is less than it was 20 years ago when we were children. There's less gun violence now when we were children. Mm hmm but somehow we're like the world is a more dangerous place. You know, if you are familiar with MK Ultra, if you're familiar with how government set up to take the rights of people, you've seen all that happened before. Mm -hmm. So for me, I am an American. Mm -hmm. I refuse to give up the rights that were promised to me in the Bill of Rights in the U.S. Constitution. I fish, I hunt, and I don't only own guns for that. Okay. If you come in my house, I am going to shoot you. Send me automatic if, weapon. I have fully automatic weapons. Do you need, hold why on, do you need a fully on, automatic on, weapon before you go shoot what, a damn fully automatic? Once I am approved for my federal gun Goodness license. gracious. I, I already put in for my federal gun license, and when you do that, you give up all your rights. They can come to my house anytime they want to. But I want to own fully automatic guns, so when I get my federal gun license, I'll own fully automatic. What do you need with a fully automatic it's weapon? It's going down. What's the, what's the underlying issue with the gun laws, you think? Like, the what, underlying what, what, issue with gun laws, I think, is that at some point, why, why did FEMA just buy a million hollow-point bullets? I don't know. Exactly. What happened to the prisoners who were on the expressway in New Orleans that never got found again once the flood happened? I don't know. Okay. They got killed. Mm. Why would FEMA buy a million bullets? Sounds like they want to go to war. With who? Great question. Why do we now? Why did we now repeal the law that made it illegal for United States soldiers to enter your house, take and kill you? Why did that get repealed? Why is the Patriot Act in effect? Because at some point in the near or far future, this country is going to become a country in which you don't have the rights you have now. And the only thing that has ever stood against, that has ever stood in opposition to that in America is the fact that the citizen the citizenry is armed. If you do not have an armed citizenry citizenry, you have a controlled population. I will not be controlled by anyone. Mm. I will have no masters. I will die defending that right because I am an American. And if you truly embrace being an American and you truly love what this republic about, republic is about, you understand one thing. Violence is not the first option, but as long as government knows that it is an option, that is the final and best checks and balances system you can have. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think in today's discussion question, what about gun control? As you just heard a clip with Killer Mike, you know, the rapper here out of Atlanta, as he was on um, the Breakfast Club going, giving his sentiment about the Second Amendment and why he is such a believer in um not allowing gun control or, or really falling on the same side as Christie has all morning. And she's been an advocate of not putting um, any checks and balances in place, at least from the way I've understood it so far this morning. And so I guess uh, we'll come back to 
what are your what are your thoughts? I'm pretty sure you are in agreement in most of what he had to say uh, based on what you've been saying earlier, Christy. Uh, but Killer Mike had a lot to say about why he's uh, wants to keep his guns, not only his guns, but his automatic weapons, uh, up to um, getting licensed, as he said, to uh, fully automatic, which is in that situation, he, he willingly said, in that situation, he o- openly gives up his right, which allow if you get approved for that type of license, the government can come into your house at any time. But that's how much he wants to own not only semi-automatic, but fully automatic to the point where he gives up the right for them to be able to have to offer a resource warrant for his house. They can come in at any time because he's he wants to get licensed for that. He says he's about to get approved. So what are your thoughts for someone who's obviously on the the the, the, t- the end of this spectrum that no gun control whatsoever? What are your thoughts, Christy? Well, obviously I agree with him. He, he actually expressed that point better than I could because what he's saying is absolutely – or absolutely accurate, and that's what I was, the point I'm making about Kennesaw. As long as they believe that there is a possibility, you know, it, it limits the amount of stuff that the government is, can or, or is willing to do. And, I mean, I understand, you know, the, from the perspective of we don't want to continue with the mass shootings, but there's been so many other things going on in in, in the country that haven't been making the news. For instance, there was a, there was a guy who was Montana, and they tried to take over his property. The government did. And they sent out a SWAT team, and they were trying to, you know, take take this, this man's property. And the only thing that stopped him was there is in this country what is known as the militia, which are several organized groups of rednecks that have tons and tons of weapons. And he basically called them. You name calling them? I don't think I, I. I know some black militias now. Don't call them names. No, I'm not saying they're. I mean, I didn't mean that in, the, in a derogatory way. <laughs> because I, you know, it, it was Trent, that's derogatory. <laughs> I mean, we keep it real on the show, but I know some black militias. So I, okay, I, they ain't all rednecks. I know some black militias. But go ahead. I, I, know, I, don't, I hey, say, hey, say what you feel. That's not a problem on this show. But at the same time, I know some black militias as well. But go ahead. I, I mean, well, I, I, I'm not saying that all militia are rednecks. I'm just saying this particular. Well, it sounded like it. I just wanted to check you on that. Go ahead, girl. Finish, it, finish point your point. You know, I disagree with you 100%. Go ahead and finish your point. We got a call on the line I want to get in, too, but go ahead, Chris. When you when you have stuff like government officials and SWAT team and military versus the militia, whose their whole purpose is to protect I mean, our rights against government that is trying to take our rights. And if you take away the weapons, you take away the guns, you take away our right to protect ourselves, even against government, if the government is wrong, then you put us in a situation like Mike said, where it's a controlled population. You might as well be a communist country at that point, because the the whole concept that the United States is built on was freedom. The freedom to protect ourselves against any threat. Man, y'all going too far with this thing with these semi-automatic weapons. And I want to know, we've got a caller on I'm going to go to the caller here. But one note, and I'll maybe come back to it because let's see what the caller has to say. But on the on the Kennesaw thing, man, yes, it's the safest county in Georgia. No running from that. But the, honestly, it's based on where they are, based on Atlanta, being here in Atlanta. We both are in Atlanta. But nobody's going through Cobb County to go up to Kennesaw 
to commit a crime when you obviously gonna stand out for you know if, if you gonna stand out if you know I'm just saying who it ain't the, it ain't nobody's not going up there because they got guns they just don't go up there but anyway that's a whole other note but anyway let me go ahead and go to the caller area code two zero six last three six five seven give us your name and where you calling us from what three cents you got for us this morning. Hey, this is Justice Kayla Rain calling from Seattle, Washington. Hey, Justice. We, hey, thanks for calling this morning. What you got for us? Yeah, so it's early here, so I'm still waking up. Um, but yeah, I, appreciate I you for doing people. that, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah, you're you're welcome. So, I, first, just a response to Killer Mike. Um, so, Killer Mike is not the most uh, physically fit person I've seen in my life, and so I think he's probably a little. <laughs> Um, I think he's a little wrong on whether or not he thinks that he and his semi-automatic gun is going to be able to take on our trained military. So if somebody wants to have a military-grade weapon, then they they need to have military-grade training. And and if people want to talk about a militia being there to defend us, they're defending the community. So I, as a community member, can should be able to say that if you want to be in a militia, you want to have those type of guns, you should have military training. You should go in uh, a weekend a month and keep yourself up in training and strategy. Otherwise, you're just a dude with a big gun who's probably going to end up getting people hurt. That's my first thing I want to say about that. Second of all, we keep talking about the government going to take our stuff. The government is going to take your stuff. Well, who is the government? If it is a government by the people, for the people, then that means it's the people. Or are we saying that our government is somebody else? And if our government is somebody else, then that's the thing that we all need to be going after and figuring out how to make that change as opposed to arming ourselves to fight one another. Um, And then the last thing I want to say is that I don't think we as human beings have to evolve. We have to evolve out of the, 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 the place where we used to throw rocks at each other and then spew sticks. And then we have, we, we developed guns and then we developed the atomic bomb and we got to the point where we got to a mutually assured destruction. And we were like, okay, that's probably not the best place for us to be. So let's back down from that. So now are we going to be in weapons limbo somewhere between people have guns and can kill each other to uh, we can't have, Iran can't have guns or can't have a bomb because, you know, those things are dangerous. So we either need to start working as an entire society of human, humanity to disarm ourselves and we, can, and, we, and we have to do it in little trenches and then start doing it with education, or we just need to go all the way in, and somebody needs to be the biggest, baddest person and just subjugate everybody. But, I mean, we have to take it out <laughs> to its logical conclusion. Hey, man, these are, I think there are some amazing points that you've made. And then the thing is, you, we know, I mean, just to, just to mention this real quick, um, Justice, we know we've already evolved. We used to tow guns on our side. I mean, obviously you can get a you know concealed weapons permit or whatever, and there are still some open and carry, um, you know, obviously advocates. But at one time, it was just absolutely normal. It wasn't even laws about it. You could just carry a gun. So we've already evolved to, in a sense, where we say that doesn't make sense. At least in certain states, you're not allowed to open and carry. You know, right now, because this issue has become hot and heavy again, you see advocates of open and carry literally walking around with all all types of weapons, two semi-automatic weapons. And I always wonder, just from a personal standpoint, like, what's your point? Like, <laughs> like, like, literally, what's your point? And the other thing that I always think, and I'm going to see what your thoughts on this is justice, but even for the open and carry person who thinks they're, you know, whatever show of force that they're wanting to show or proud to carry their guns because they have a right to, 
I don't know for the people that they say they're so afraid of, the, the, the criminals, those that, can, that are going to get the guns illegally anyway. I don't know, Justice, who you know, but I, I know a few criminals that would literally walk up to them and take their gun if they wanted to. Yeah, well, when people say criminals, what, they, what they're saying is black people. So when they say crazies, they say white people. When they say criminals, they mean black people. So that's what, that's what they're saying. So what we're dealing with is this um, un, we've never done with the psychological damage that, that has happened to white people about owning slavery and all those kinds of things. And so there's this, this very real guilt and, and a thought that there's going to be retaliation. And so we, that's the thing that we need to deal with. We don't need to arm everybody. We need to actually, as this country, start dealing with we weren't, we weren't formed on freedom we were formed on the thought that some landowners wanted to be able to do what they wanted to do. Okay, so we say it was formed on freedom, but it was a mythology. It wasn't formed on freedom because everyone didn't have freedom. So, so we as human beings who have evolved have to continue to look at this document and say, does it still work for us, and what does it, what is it, is it going to work for us in the future? They obviously were not like these mytho- mythological, amazing human beings who did not do anything wrong and thought everything through. But they did think enough to make a document that we as human beings can look at time and time again and decide to change. And I feel like we now, who are more educated than anyone has ever been in history, we've actually got black people who are educated, we've got women who are educated, we've got everyone who is not heteronormative and all these kinds of things. Uh, We have Asians and, and Natives, everyone who is educated. We all need to take a look at it now and say, hey, what part of this document do we need to move? For example, the 13th Amendment is a stupid amendment. The reason that we are enslaving black people in jail is because it's delineated right there in the 13th Amendment. So the document is not perfect. We need to take a look at it. And someone fighting for a Second Amendment that was created way back when is not necessarily the best thing. You need to say, hey, maybe we should move to disarming ourselves, this entire world. And, and then, you know, if there are a few people that we know are trained to protect us, then, then we can feel good about that and then continue to do the things that we need to do all across the world of repairing, right, repairing what has happened from violence all over the years. The, the reason that we're gotcha. still in conflict with everyone is because we have never repaired the, the things that have happened as a result of the gotcha. violence. that's been perfect. Gotcha. Strong, strong points. Matter of fact, I want Christy to get a chance to respond. So we're going to go to a break. Just if it's cool, can, I, can you stay through the break? Because I want to give her a chance to respond. I think this will be a good back and forth because I think you made some strong points. And clearly, I don't know if you've been listening, but Christy kind of falls on a different side than you. So I'm, I'm interested in what she has to say. But we do need to go to a quick break. Can you stay past the break, brother? Sure, I can. Okay, sounds good. All right, give me. We'll be back. We listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show on Blog Talk Radio, live in Executive Cuts. All I ask is that you think. Do you want to start your own business for less than five hundred dollars? Would you like to make fifty to two hundred and fifty dollars per appointment, which generally takes less than an hour to complete? Join Andre Hatchett's Notary School. He has grown his local mobile notary service to a large nationwide corporation. PriorityNotaryInc.net. For as low as $199.95, you get to learn how to make great money, all while being your own boss, on a full-time or part-time basis. Similar to professions like a plumber, painter, or locksmith, notary appointments will allow you to get paid on the spot and ask about our flexible payment options. This is a low startup, recession-proof business. What more can you ask for? AndresNotarySchool.com. Join us today. 
of folks in uh, my county asking myself and my deputies, uh, you know, what uh, my position was on if any uh, uh, what they termed far-reaching or overreaching uh, gun control laws were established uh, from the feds and. Um, yeah, I made my position known. I tell my deputies that, uh, you know, I didn't support uh, anything, uh, any regulations uh, that would infringe upon the uh, constitutional rights of our citizens. Well, when I swore oath, I swore oath to a community, a group of people who live in Jackson County. I swore oath to the Constitution, which uh, I swore oath also to the Constitution of Kentucky. And in that Constitution is the Second Amendment, and that's what this country is based upon. Um, Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think this morning's discussion question, what about gun control? You've heard me and Christy go back and forth. We've kept uh, Justice out of Seattle on the line, uh, make some strong points. Um, before the break, Christy, I wanted to give you a chance to respond. We also have another call on the line, so maybe one quick response from you, Justice. Uh, but after after Christy has to say, you know, say what she has to say, we just heard a veteran, a cut from a veteran, talking about the Second Amendment is what this country is all about. I personally think she takes it a little too far, but of course I'm on the opposite side of Christy. But at least I wanted to give her a fair chance to respond to, as I say, some of the strong points that I felt that you've made. Christy, what are your thoughts about um, some of the things Justice had to say before the break? I actually agree with a lot of the things that Justice said. He made some very great points, um, one of which being that there, there is a fear among, you know, um, white people who haven't. And there needs to be a healing that takes place in this country with regard to slavery on both sides of it. I also agree that there are certain aspects of the amendment that need to be changed, including the 13th Amendment. But I don't agree that the gun laws necessarily need to be changed. I think okay. Okay, no, go ahead. Finish your statement. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll finish your statement. I want to have Justin respond so we can get to the other call. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. I, I thought you were finished up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think that we we still need to be able to protect ourselves. Um, I don't necessarily think that guns are the best form of protection. What I do believe, though, is if you take guns away from some people and other people still have access to them, there still poses a threat. And even if those people are government officials that we put in place, I think as long as some people have access to the weapons, violence of uh, genocide, of controlled populations, and that's what I'm against. So I feel like okay, gotcha. Let me let me let me let me jump in. Let me jump in. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, Christy. Christy. So, Justice, if you will, real quick, uh, I think she still speaks to the idea of those. If we were to put something in place, there are going to be those who can get have access versus maybe, in a sense, um, law-abiding citizens don't. I mean, she's probably saying more than that, but that's a point. So, real quick, I got another call on the line. Just one quick thought to people who are, in a sense, in a sense, fearful of the criminals per se will get guns versus we want. What are your quick, what's a quick thought to that? Uh, I don't, I don't know if I have a quick thought to that, but I mean, you know, if the civil, if there were no guns in the civil war, it wouldn't have been the bloodiest war in history. Right. So at some point in time, a gun is created to be lethal and that's the, the only thing. So maybe I'm not saying to take everyone's guns right now, but the people who have them really need to have training period. They need to have training or they mm-hmm. don't need to have them. And we need to probably, as a people, start to be thinking about how do we move ourselves from being this gun-toting society. 
Sounds good. Hey, brother, a lot of strong points. This, yeah, a lot of strong points this morning. Thank you for getting up early this morning to support the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Uh, thanks again. We're going to go to the next caller. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks. Area code 678. Looks like you're calling out of here in Atlanta, maybe. 306, last three. Give us your name, where you're calling us from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Thank you. I want to <laughs> touch on a couple of points that Kristen made. Uh, first of all, Kennesaw is not the number one uh, least violent city in the state. Least violent, uh, it's it's County. a tent, which is pretty good. Economic, thank you. It's a tent, and and that's based on the FBI crime report. And this is a new law, so we have to be careful. Another thing she had made, another point she had made about the Montana um, guy that apparently took his gun and he was protecting his land. Now, that, that was illegal land. He was grazing on illegal government land. And that, that still hasn't been resolved. So that's something we've got to be very careful of when we put our statistics out there and be able to be able to explain it so the, the, the listener can get a better feel for what's happening. You know, I kind of like what you said, Montoya, is why is, why do people think they need to own an N16? You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's that the government is not coming to take your guns. They're just saying, let's make some change. This has been going on for years, what we have now. So why not try something different? But, you know, to me, it's, it appears to be NRA talking points where people just want be able to own multiple guns and wanted to be able to do whatever they want to do. And no, with no regards to, you know, let's just be more mature about it. Every month, at least once a month, you have these mass shootings. And it's easy for us to say, you know, no, the government is not going to take my gun. But I wonder if it's our family, if that will change our mind. Because that's basically what's happening right now is that we're in a state of shock, and the United States, out of any country in the world, we have seen more crimes, the more people are able to own multiple guns. That's just a fact. So I think we just have to be willing to say, you know what, let's just, let's just sit back, and let's just stop with, the, with these lies about the government coming to take our guns, because b- believe me, just like what Killer Mike has said, He's going to defend his home. But understand, if the government wants to come in your home, <laughs> you can't stop the government. They have drones. They know exactly where you are. They're listening to the conversation. So let's be clear about that. We, we can go back to the case of this uh, little boy in Miami. If we remember the case about the Gonzalez, uh, Elena Gonzalez, when the government came in and took the gun. So just be mindful of that. The government can come and take you down whenever he, whenever the government wants to. All right, strong points. Um, yeah, thank you for the call this morning, and uh, appreciate you supporting the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But some very, very strong points. We are about to get to the top of the hour. I want to respond to some of the things you said, and I'll let Christy as well. But thanks for the call in, brother. Christy, I think um, – 
Tennyson just made some, in my opinion, some strong points as well. Um, and something that I would like to even add on to what he said as well as Justice made reference to it too, um, whereas Justice was very focused on, in a sense, as he said, even if we're going to allow a certain group or, or militia per se, as he made, as Justice made reference to, that they are basically required to be trained and understand how to use those guns in the sense that when we think about the Second Amendment, when it was written, as Justice made reference to at that time, what was going on in the country, uh, we did have, in a sense, well-trained militias throughout the country from the history that I've read. And so it was, a, in a sense, a well-trained militia that, in a sense, faced the British at the advent of the Revolutionary War when it was starting, per se. We had those people in place who were trained, per se, in the, in the use of a gun. And so uh, just as Tennyson says, right now we're in a situation where um, – um, you know, Killer Mike Mace said, Alfred, they come in the gun, come in my home. I want to be able to protect myself. But we're in a situation where now, as citizens, us just owning guns is just as made the reference to. We're, in a sense, not well trained militia per se. And so, what I mean, what I, my point being is simply this all the handguns death. All, all the guns, 10,000 a year, is happening typically more on accident than intentional. So the our handling of the guns is proven by the number of accidental gun deaths that we have yearly. Our handling of guns, as Justice said, is probably not up to the degree that it needs to be to defend yourself against a trained government official, if if we do believe in the government going to, you know, one day do that or they, they have the ability to do that or, as you say, be a controlled population, in all reality, um, like I said, being a country boy who feels like I can handle a gun relatively well, I know I don't handle it as well as in when I was in my military years because I'm not training every day. Now, are there people out here that shoot and love their guns and go train every day? Yes, they are. But as he said, do we just let anybody get the guns? Or do we maybe create a program, for example, if it, it, there's things you have to do to keep your license, can we do the same thing for guns? You know, that's the question. We actually have another call on the line. Let me go to them before I let you respond, Christy. Area code 404, last three, three four six. Give us your name and where you're calling us from. Hi, I'm Masu, and I'm calling from Atlanta. Hey, thank you for calling this morning, Masu. What do you have for us this morning on this, this morning's discussion question? Thanks for calling. I, oh, you're welcome. I, I um, have a really interesting mix of uh, opinions about this. Um, there's some people I agree with and there's some people I don't. And I think that's probably what's going to happen to most of America. Um, to respond on President Obama, something he said was very interesting, um, and I don't know how this uh, can all play out. He said 90% of the people agree uh, that something, uh, you know, that there should be a background check. But right. uh, past history, we found out that 90%, even 100% that agree doesn't make it right. It just makes it um, something that someone brought up and every and those who vote agree. doesn't mean that the ones who didn't vote agree to that. So, um, you know, that's a very interesting point that he made 
uh, and I think we should look at it, um, you know, more closely that just because everybody that voted agreed. Um, the other thing, too, is that Killer Mike, I um, have followed him. I'm in the, um, the film and, and entertainment uh, industry, and I've followed him uh, quite a bit, and he does have the training to carry those weapons. Um, he's very a- um, active in uh, the community, active in civil rights and all of that. He's very active. So he does have the qualifications, but one thing that has not been brought out that I think Justin in um, – um, out west said that, you know, we should have that uh, training. Um, If people were trained to use the guns that they have, uh, and this is outside of law enforcement, then they would be uh, a little bit more, um, I think they would be more uh, apt to use it in the proper circumstances. Uh, I've been trained and I understand it now, so I wouldn't shoot randomly or, um, you know, different ways of shooting. So it's not really so it's not really about um, using the gun. Sometimes it's about carrying it. And then I agree with uh, Christy, um, also having a background uh, dealing with counseling and seeing that uh, you can be fearful of losing your license, so you label everybody one way so that you don't lose your license. But that mm-hmm. uh, creates a strong thing against the rest of the population. You know, if you are a uh, strong uh, counselor or whatever it may be that uh, everybody comes to you if you work for the state and everything that comes across your desk must be disapproved or disapproved and you don't want to lose your license so you tell every say that everybody's crazy, then that creates um, some statistics that we'll then have to deal with um, on the health side. We'll have to deal with, wow, if, if that were the case in Atlanta and everybody this particular um, – professional uh, labeled was, uh, and we'll say it this way, was crazy, and they can't get guns, then the next thing we have is the media is picking up those statistics and says, you know, 90% of the people in Atlanta are crazy, and it, that doesn't show an accurate yeah, that makes Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you're, if I'm understanding, you're in agreement that that becomes a concern, um, in a sense, yeah. how would it be administered? Um, there's there's a possibility, as Christy mentioned, and I thought was a strong point by her as well, that even if we get into adding the background checks, there is this risk of uh, basically that being unfair as well, which in a sense would negate the whole idea of having it. Um, we are at the top of the hour, so I'm going to go to a break. I definitely appreciate your call, strong points as well, um, but thank you for your support of the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Wonderful. All right, we'll be right back. All right, thank you very much. We'll be right back on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think.
for details to become a sponsor of Mental Dialogue, visit Facebook at Mental Dialogue or call Montoya Smith at 404-604-9477. That's 404-604-9477. Mental Dialogue, where all I ask is that you think, that you think, that you think. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with my co-host, Christy Gaynell, as we are discussing what about gun control here on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. You just heard from the commercial. If you want to sponsor and keep this type of radio online to open up all opinions on both sides of any issue, please give me a call at 404 404- Six zero four nine four seven seven, or you can also reach out on look us up on Facebook at Mental Dialogue and inbox me a message saying that you would like to support and help keep us on the air because it is not free. So keep that in mind. We love your support. If you have a business, please we'll create your commercial and get your business out there as well. But Christy, we've had some incredibly strong points for any of our regular listeners. Um, this is the top of the hour. We typically do our Money and Power 15. I'm still looking out for the guests. Hopefully we'll be able to get them on. I uh, wanted to um, speak to a brother. I don't know if he's going to be able to get on today. So we may not do our Money and Power 15. So we're going to keep with this morning's discussion question, what about gun control, and a lot of strong points. Uh, made in the first hour. Um, some people in agreement with you, some in disagreement with you, Christy. And so um, I guess my initial thoughts when I asked, because one time I asked you this earlier in the last hour, and I said, you know, what could be the common sense approach? And your initial response was, well, yes, there should, there could be some common sense approach. Um, but I don't know if I've heard what you think they might be. Um, I, I think I think I think you said you were in agreement with um, justice in the sense that if we are in a sense going to have guns, that there is you know sense some type of training in place. Um, is there any 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 type of background check? Like I said, and here's the thing: is we're still up against. I don't know how much you've thought about this, but we're up against other developed countries that have incredibly strict gun laws. We have ten thousand a year. Our, our our allies per se, they're not even approaching one thousand gun deaths a year. Most of them are in the less than a hundred. In, in Great Britain, for example, average, averages less than a hundred per per year. Of course, they're a much smaller country, so I don't want to act like it's an equal comparison in that sense. But they're per per one thousand rate. We're one of we're we are the highest developed country. Developed country. There are what we consider undeveloped countries, you know, obviously that could be a label as well, but there are definitely uh, undeveloped countries per se that have higher murder rates. But for those that are considered developed, we have the highest murder rate per 1,000 than all other developed countries, and those other countries have stringent, typically very stringent gun laws. So I don't know how we stand by and say there's something different about America. I know you mentioned that you think we have more crazies, but I see situations across the world that lets me know they have just as many crazies as we have. So if I could kind of set you right there, Christy, if I can just have you give me the approach 
based on we don't have more crazy than, crazies than others. Uh, and I understand you made a good argument for, you know, obviously, I, and I do agree with you, there are issues with um, our food to the extent that it creates some of the mental issues that we have. So I don't want to disagree with you or, or downplay that. But I'm asking you, what's your approach if, in fact, there are no more, there, we don't have more crazies, in a sense, than the rest of the world, if that is if that is the case. And we see that other countries are able to put in extremely stringent gun laws, and they effectively are having nowhere, I mean, we, I mean we're I mean, 10,000 to less than 100? Less, I mean, if you can accept that premise, what common sense approach? Clearly, you're not going to change your mind, and I'm not asking you to do that. But can there not be some type of common sense approach? What do you think we could put in place to make it a little more difficult for these crazies, if that is going to be the focus, for them to get their guns? What do you think we might put in place? Well, the thing is, is I think we need to stop trying to put things in place and amend things, and I think we need to actually restructure and change things. Like, I agree with what um, Justice was saying about things need to be changed. You know, you know there needs to be a system. We Until we can come together as a population and say, you know what, we need to stop killing each other, we need to act out of love, we need to, you know, be more responsible and respectful of one another as people, the same way we kind of have taken that stance with regard to animals. And so we can treat people with the same courtesy that we've begun treating animals. I think I think we're going to continue to have those issues. And it's not necessarily about... So, so, let, me, well, so let me ask you this. When you say we're going to continue to have those issues, though, Christy, what I'm saying is in comparison to what other developed countries are doing, like they are, they do have stringent other, gun laws. But other, other like, like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That have those stringent gun laws have a tendency also to treat each other humanely, and that's the difference. Well, like, where do you get that from? I don't see. I don't see. I don't see. I don't have places that I. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like I know you, you and I, neither one of us are big watchers of the news per se. I know that is the case, but but uh, you. I mean, I obviously we had what, 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 travel. So I, you I actually believe that, that, and I okay. and from my experiences in those countries, the way people treat each other is a bit different than the way we treat each other in this country. Okay, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, don't, I would regulate. I mean, so they, so they, but they, okay, so they treat each other different and have these stringent gun laws. So, I mean, based on what you're saying. If they if they just treat people better with more respect, then they sh- they should have just as much many lax gun laws as us. I mean, they should or could because you're saying that we're you know we're experiencing ten thousand a year to other developed countries less than a hundred a year, uh, you know, right across the border. So they're experiencing less simply because they treat each other better. I don't think I think there's got to be more to that number being so. Hi, I think it's our love for our guns. Like I think the reality is we love our guns more than we value each other. I think the problem is, like, I, mean, I don't think that we love our guns more. I think that what you just said is accurate. We just don't value each other. In this country, we have a tendency to not value each other. 
don't right, but I'm Christy. What I'm asking you life. is, if you're saying we, Christy, I'm saying I'm asking you. I'm asking you. or not, Montoya, if you don't value human life, you're gonna take it. I don't care if you Christy. What I'm asking you is, how does our lack of value lead to ten thousand more deaths than other countries with a hundred? You really believe that our lack of value for one another is that big a three, and that that that, that their laws yes. have nothing to do with it? You think their laws because have that's, nothing that's to do with not it? The only Guns are not the only things that take lives. When guns don't take lives, people do. And it's people Okay, I'm saying, I, I hear these arguments all the time, but I'm trying to understand. You really believe... Right, what I'm saying, you, I'm asking you, do you really believe that our value is such that these other companies, countries who you say have more value, I don't, I don't understand the logic in that, they have more value for life, as you suggest, which I don't agree with, but I, I'm giving you that. They, they they have more value in life, as you say, because in your travels, you feel that other countries value each other more. I will uh, I will say the little bit of news I watch, I don't know that that is, that is the case. But if I give you that, that they have more value, why do they have the stringent gun laws? They don't need them based on your logic. I don't understand what you're saying. What I'm saying, you're saying they value lives more. So other you say other places when you say in your travels, other countries value lives more. And you're telling me that because they value lives more is why they don't have near as many gun deaths. You're saying you're almost saying because I'm asking you, do you not think it's related to the fact that it's much more difficult to get guns in those countries? You're saying no. You're saying that's not the case. You're saying that here in America, we don't value lives enough, and that's the issue. So what I'm asking you is, I don't know that I – I do agree that there's an issue with how much we value one another. That part I agree with, but I don't know that that alone – somehow gets us to having 10,000 gun deaths a year compared to other developed countries who don't even have 100 a year. I don't think that our our lack of value for one another's life is to the extent that it creates that difference when I watch these other countries have stringent laws in place. Like, I mean, you're well, saying it has, I mean, I think I'm understanding you. Go ahead. Make it untrue. Saying your, your disbelief doesn't doesn't change the fact. No, the I'm, fact so what I'm asking you is, I'm, you have to my question. My question is, is that people kill people, not guns. Right, but and you have not answered my question, Christy. Away from people, they are Christy. still going to kill each other if they so choose. Okay, so 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 based on what you just said, I'm asking you: Do you believe that Americans value lives so much less? that we get to 10,000 deaths a year compared to other developed countries only getting to 100. You think that it is simply that yes. we have I that much of a devalue yes. for life? That is what I believe, yes. Yes, 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 yes. That is what I believe. We have that much of a devalue of human life. Not life in general, just life of humans. Right. So those countries put those stringent gun laws in place really for no reason because they value lives more. Like, think about that logic. I didn't say they you like they, they got the stringent no gun laws. I didn't say they right, so what reason do you think they put no Okay, so what reason do you but think I they put them that in? They have more value. They value lives more. That's what I right, said. Right, right. Right, right. So in valuing lives more. If we so we value lives like more like other countries, our gun deaths would go down. But it, it, but but they have laws. You're saying let's not change any laws. Let's let us get our guns. It protects us. That's what we say. Did you not hear? I I didn't say let's not change any laws. I said let's change the entire system. 
That's what I'm saying. You're taking my words and Well, you're saying a mindset. I don't know. I mean, the reality is while we're changing a mindset, we still have people dying every day. So it's not that I'm against changing the mindset, but I'm also being realistic. That's what I said. Right. Well, you said, okay, so tell me you didn't change the entire system, and we, and why in the meantime, every. You're you're making it all about the guns, and it's not about the guns. You have people. Well, this conversation is about gun deaths. We have gun deaths. Yes, yes. The gun deaths are not because of the the ease of access to the guns, though. Gun deaths have to do with the fact that people have some kinds of issues where they want to murder each other. There's something going on that is making people want to kill each other. They just happen to be using guns to do it. But there are tons of other ways that people can kill each other, and they will still continue to if you don't change whatever is causing them to want to kill each other in the first place. All right, we have to go to break, so we'll come back with this lively discussion. Um, What about gun control? We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. This is the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, live in Executive Cut. Do you want to start your own business for less than $500? Would you like to make $50 to $250 per appointment, which generally takes less than an hour to complete? Join Andre Hatchett's Notary School. He has grown his local mobile notary service to a large nationwide corporation, PriorityNotaryInc.net. For as low as $199.95, you get to learn how to make great money, all while being your own boss, on a full-time or part-time basis. Similar to professions like a plumber, painter, or locksmith, notary appointments will allow you to get paid on the spot and ask about our flexible payment options. This is a low startup, recession-proof business. What more can you ask for? AndresNotarySchool.com. Join us today. I get my hair cut at Executive 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 Cuts. Come to Executive Cuts where everyone's welcome. The service that I get here is the best around Cobb County. I think everyone should come. Comfortable environment, teach you real good, good service, and you get what you want with your hair. That's the best cut I've ever had since I've been here in Atlanta and Cobb County, so I never go anywhere else. Whether you got braids, dreads, got fades or bald heads, come to Executive Cuts. The best one. Executive Cuts, located on Cobb Parkway, just south of Dobbins. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with my co-host, Christy Gaynell, as we were definitely going back and forth on today's discussion question, what about gun control? And so um, maybe let me word the question one other way, Christy, just one other way. So do you think the other countries who have incredibly low gun rate, developed countries, let's be specific here, because as I said, there are plenty, there are undeveloped countries that have higher murder rates than we do, um, particularly a lot of, in South American countries, for example, a lot of them are definitely surpass our murder rate. Um, but per 1,000, these other developed countries have a much lower rate, and most of them have very stringent, make it very difficult to obtain um not, not, not only do those countries make it difficult to obtain, because the argument that seems to be the biggest argument here in the States are semi-automatic weapons, for example, but a lot of those countries make it more difficult to even get handguns, per se. And so you're, you've offered that Americans devalue life to the extent that our murder rate 
is much higher than our other allies in developed countries because of how much we devalue life. And so my question, because I've already asked that question, so the flip side of it is do you really believe that the, the, the gun laws that these countries have in place and making it such much more difficult, I mean, to the extent that some countries, even the cops don't even have to carry guns due to the fact of how hard it is for citizenry to obtain weapons. So do you really think that those laws play no factor in this? Oh, no, I think that does play a factor. I mean, I think if you were to take away the guns of the cops as well as the citizens, then we would have a fair country. And I think well, that's one small example. So I don't want you to take and run with that one example. Of, I mean, there, there saying, are, you know, there are definitely. So I'm saying, the, so let's let's say, well, I'm saying, let's go with the developed countries that have lower rates, but their cops do carry guns. Because I know you're not a fan of cops carrying guns. So I don't want you to run with that. I'm asking, do you think the laws with cops who still have guns, not the countries that don't, with the cops who still have guns, do you think the laws don't play a role? Um, I think a lot of the laws play a role. Not just that law plays a role. Like, they have a law that prevents certain American food items from being imported into their country. I think they have a law that prevents American medications from being imported and taken in their country. So then I think there are some of of those countries don't. But some some of those countries don't. No, um, most of them do. Uh, well, okay, all right, okay. I mean, that's kind of a, another issue. So, so you're, so you want to, so you want to. So is it's not one law. It's not one law that affects whatever the gun death number is. It's not one law. It's several laws that affect the gun death. So, so, so the fact that we have ten thousand, we have ten thousand a year. So, would you not think it's smart for us to look at some of those? I think it was you've defended the whole time. All that, of them. That's what I've been saying the whole time. I'm saying. What's the, okay, what's all of you? I've heard a few. So now it's all of them. That's very general. So when you say some of them, you made a, good, a couple good points. You said things that are affecting our food, because I definitely, early in the day, agreed with you that it definitely plays a, a role in how we act. Um, you know, but we've also seen our country improve on, for example, the, the amount of abestors that are in homes or whatever. They've been able to relate that over the years to the amount of violence. As, as Killer Mike said, um, you know, earlier, we don't have as much violence as we had 20 years ago. They were able to relate it to, for example, um, the lead that was used in our building. So that was something that was discovered, um, in a sense, by the, by the government. They removed lead, and you see kids act better. So there's always that balance, that search for it. I'm not saying that you're, you're incorrect about the foods, but when you just generalize and say all laws, and we, we see the significant difference, not a, not, a, not a small percentage of the difference from these developed countries, but we see a significant difference. Um, so initially, as we are, your stance is, well, let's not put anything in place. It, it, I think that's how I'm hearing you. And then when I say, well, let's look at some of the things that they've done specifically is made it very, very stringent, very difficult to obtain a gun in those countries. Some countries allow allow for it, but there's a stronger and a lot longer process. That's what the President Obama has called for. I mean, we're in a situation now, where... if you uh, recall, when I first, well, my, first, my first statement was, I think something needs to be changed. What I don't think is that a background check, a criminal background check, or a uh, psychiatric evaluation is the thing that needs to be changed. That's what I said. I said, I definitely think that a change needs to take place. But right, and I've been asking, what do you think that change might be? That's what, I've been, that's what I'm trying to narrow you down to. I think the change would be 
to change how we regulate the food and drugs administered in this country. That's one of the changes that I think would make a huge difference in our, our um, in our death toll in this country. I think when you when you when in relation to guns, in relation to guns, in relation to guns, yes. Because I keep telling you, my toy, it's not guns that are killing people. People are killing people. And even with or without guns, you take all the guns out of this country, there are still going to be people killing each other. Well, do you, do you think, I'm, do you, so do you think I'm naive enough to think that people wouldn't kill each other either way? I'm talking about making it more difficult to do it. I mean, we're not talking like, more I might, difficult. A bomb can kill hundreds of people at a time. So, okay, you take a gun away from a kid who wants to go and kill up, shoot up the school. All you're going to do is create a bomb and put it in the classroom, and then you kill more people. It's not going to take away. So, so, so based on your logic, unless you change the desire of people to want to kill each other. So, based on your your logic, the reason we're not having bombs in America, because other countries, unfortunately, have experienced it seemingly, seemingly experienced that. You know more so than we, you know, than we do. That is something that's rare in our country. When it happens, it has happened. We've definitely had those type of attacks. Um, but based on your logic, the reason that we're not getting the bombs in classrooms is because the access to semi-automatic weapons that can kill just as many people just as fast. So you're saying if we follow other countries who are having lower gun deaths, if we follow and consider some of their laws. If we were to consider using some of those, because you're saying that's not having the effect, in our country, we would just resort to bombs. It, it wouldn't, wouldn't have the effect of lowering it like the other countries. It wouldn't lower the death toll rate. It would It would probably even increase it. I think it would just for being killed. Well, I mean, to be real sincere, I don't don't completely understand the logic, but to be sincere, I have a my personal concern are semi-automatics. You know, that is the number one concern yeah, for me. Like I said, desire to kill each other, and once as long as there is a desire to kill another person, there is going to be death. Yeah, well, I mean, you act as though I'm saying you think. I mean, it sounds like you're saying to me, you think that I, I guess, do you think that I'm thinking that there will be no more deaths? I'm not naive. I'm no, not that I silly. Mean, like that's thinking that if you change the gun law and all of a sudden people don't have access to guns, that I mean guns, that the murder rate is going to go down. And I'm saying the murder rate is not going to go down as long as there's a desire to kill. People are going to kill, and they're going to find a way to do it, whether it's a semi-automatic, whether it's a bomb. Well, I would, I would, I would like to, I would, I would offer those guys walking into those classrooms. I would offer to those people that are walking in, because unfortunately, you know, men, we have more violent nature than, than you as, as women. And so typically, you know, we see these mass murders happen by men, uh, enacted by men. And so I would love for them to have a, you know, not that you're going to stop a crazy person from walking in the classroom. I will grant you that. But I would love for them to walk into that classroom with something other than a semi-automatic weapon and not murder 10 people in seconds. You know, I, I would much Honestly, rather them if they not... walk into the classroom with a bomb hidden in their backpack that nobody detects and it blows up and kills the entire class, that's 30 people in less than 10 seconds, if not right. 300. So, so, so you do believe that our people will just resort to figuring out how to... Weapon. Right. Well, I, I'd rather them have to learn how to make the bomb that you're referring to. So if, 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 if you really... All they have to do is Google it. Okay, so... It's like they can Google <laughs> so, how to make a gun. 
So, so, uh, so you believe that we actually the, the semi-automatic people that are walking in making these mass murders with semi-automatic weapons, you believe that they will resort to bombs if we made it more difficult for them to obtain? I believe that if people have a desire to kill, they will kill under any circumstances. Well, you, you, but you say that as though I don't understand that. Like, I, you're making the argument as though because I... you keep asking I, me the same question as if my answer is going to change. I believe that as long as people have a desire to kill each other, they're going to find a way to do it. If you take away guns... Right, but, 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 I, but I agree with that. You, I agree that people are going to kill each other. No, I'm trying to make it more difficult. And you're saying that they, they will resort... I don't think taking away guns The, hey, your phone went low. I don't know. Hey, your phone's going in and out, and I'm pretty sure the audience is hearing it. The beginning of time, if you look at the, if you believe in the Bible and you look at the first recorded crime in the history of the Bible, it was murder. Right. People are always going right, to find it. a way to kill each other. So no matter, you can try and make it difficult by taking away guns, but the only people you're making it difficult for are the ones that are not using them for criminal activity. So I don't see the. Uh, wait, we just. Okay, well, the point is, historically, before we got into these more massive, you know, these mass destruct, um, um, these mass destruction type weapons, we killed less because you weren't able no, to kill as didn't. many. So that's that's not true. I'm talking about look at number. I'm talking about the actual numbers of deaths that take place. So as we become, yeah. as we as a society have evolved into bigger and better weapons per se. Um, as we've evolved into that, we see more deaths because of these bigger and better weapons. So with, without those weapons. Before those weapons, um, what, I mean, it depends on how you what is it, what you, Why you said it's not true? I'm talking about the number of because deaths that we experience. Okay, so. deaths as a result of that thing because of the invention of that thing. But there were still hundreds thousands of deaths before there were ever guns. And if you take away I'm guns, talking about the okay, let me make it maybe clearer. Here. An individual a an individual with a musket can cannot kill as many people as a guy with a automatic fully full clip semi automatic weapon. So individually if I choose to try to kick through the musket these days you can run away and get away. So I'm just talking about from an individual standpoint with these mass instruct like I say semi automatics is my number one concern. Um, I, I'm actually an advocate of what Justice said. Proper training is one thing. Right now, we have a situation where we don't have that. And so in the meantime, I don't want to sit back and do nothing. And so when I, when I, let me make it clear when I say there are more, I'm talking about individually, you are able to act more in 10 seconds time, you can kill more people with a semi-automatic weapon than you can with a single-shot handgun. Uh, we are up against the break. When we come back, we're going to have a special guest on the show that maybe uh, they maybe finds a, a the solution down the middle. I have a brother by the name of Mark Carmen. Would love for him to come on and give us his standpoint. We'll be right back on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Where all I ask is that you think. For details to become a sponsor of Mental Dialogue, visit Facebook at Mental Dialogue or call Montoya Smith at 404-604-9477. That's 404-604-9477. Mental Dialogue, where all I ask is that you think, that you think, that you think. 
for every other reason. I am absolutely 100% pro-Second Amendment. I was troubled uh, by the willingness to use executive orders. I think the appropriate uh, the appropriate way to do this is, is through the Congress. And the sheriff is against the president's proposal to ban automatic assault rifles and limit the capacity of magazines. I really don't have heartburn with people owning AR-15s. I don't. Uh, a 30-round magazine, if you're out target, target shooting with your AR-15, a 30-round magazine is, is pretty convenient. Since his letter was posted yesterday on the Sheriff's Department website, he's gotten 10,000 hits and plenty of phone calls. He says he takes the positive with the negative and says the real problem isn't guns. It's something he sees every day inside the jail he runs. I firmly believe that the mental health apparatus in this country is broken. Our county jails have become a dumping ground for the mentally ill. This is not the place for the mentally ill. You know, and I know with the Second Amendment, the way it was designed, you know, was to, to protect the people, protect the people from also from the government. And, uh, but, you know, in protection, it's just like if I'm a, if I'm a bad guy and I'm going to kick a door, but I know the guy behind that door has a gun, and I go to this other door where I know a guy doesn't have a gun, that's the door I'm going to kick. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, along with my co-host, Christy Gaynell, as we are discussing what about gun control. And we are pleased to bring on Mark Corman. Hello, Mark. How you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Do Doing very good, doing very good. For the audience out there, Mark Carmen I actually came across a viral video that, that Mark um that you that you put out in reference to this very issue. Obviously this is a hot and heavy issue um after the situation in, in Oregon. And you put out this incredible video giving uh, a, a in my opinion a very different sound, common sense opinion to this issue of gun control. And so, if you will, Mark, uh, if you will, just give a little background and tell us a little more about what you said in that um, that but that video that I will get put up on the Mental Dialogue Facebook page as well. So for anybody that, you know, hears what Mark has to say, we will put that video up as well. But if you will, Mark, thank you for coming on again this morning. Let us know a little background and, you know, what was your viewpoints about this gun control issue that has become hot and heavy again in the, in the, in, in the um, public uh, minds right now? Well, the first thing I want to do is I'll introduce myself and give a little foundation, as you said, for background. I am a white southerner. Registered Republican. Firearm. <laughs> Since my dad bought me my first mm -hmm. gun when I was 10 years old, I controlled and operated guns on my own. And when I was a little boy growing up in West Virginia, I would take my gun out when I was 10, 12 years old by myself and go up in the woods and go hunting. And I grew up with guns. And they've been a part of my fabric like a bicycle was to other kids. Mm -hmm. And I believe in the Second Amendment. And I believe what it says, and what it says is a well-regulated militia. Now, that doesn't say an unregulated militia. It says a well-regulated militia. Regulated means that there needs to be regulation, and well means you need to do a good job at regulations. Militia, in my opinion, and the way that it reads in English, and I don't know how you could come with anything else, the militia was intentionally 
or was initially set up by the founding fathers to be in lieu of an army. They weren't even planning to raise an army. And you can see in uh, the in the um, Constitution, in Article One, Section 8, Paragraph 15 and 16, that the founders referred to the militia in such a way as that they could be called forth by the government to repel invasions or to help with laws. However, 2008, the Supreme Court ruled in a 5-4 to four decision in uh, a case called Heller, I'm sorry, D.C. versus Heller, um, and they ruled that the militia is now the citizenry because we have armies and so forth, so that right to keep and bear arms is indeed the right of the citizens. Now, that was a Supreme Court ruling, and just as we are when something happens in favor of something we believe in at the Supreme Court, we have to accept that that's the law. So when I talk about trying to repeal the Second Amendment or take away people's right to own guns, what I'm trying to do is take a look at people like me and say, let your moral compass guide you, and let's put some responsible legislation in place for gun owners. Now, let me let me preface this, and I'll ask you a question, Montoya, and thank you again for letting me be on your show. If I were to tell you that I have a friend who owns a pawn shop that does not deal in firearms, but he'll call me when someone comes in trying to sell a gun and say, hey, there's a guy down here trying to sell a gun. Do you want to buy it? I tell him, snap me a picture of it. Send it to me on your phone. I look it up on the Internet. The guy's wanting $250 for a $500 gun. So I say, tell the guy I'll meet him at the parking lot at Big Lots beside the store. So I go to the parking lot at Big Lots and buy a pistol from a guy that I don't know if he just used it in a homicide, don't know if he just stole it, and I buy the gun. Now let's make it more stupid. I sell the gun to another guy that I don't know. Is there something wrong with that being legal? That's my question to you. I mean, just the way you say it, Mark, it, it sounds ridiculous, and it's sad, but it's our reality. But, yes, it sounds ridiculous. Not only is it legal, but the scenario I just described is 100% accurate. And oh, I will my tell you goodness. Something else. I, I, I did that. I did that. <laughs> I'm, you're talking to the guy that did it. Right, right. And let me say this to you, Mark. Oh, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Mark, no, please. When I saw the President of the United States come on TV three hours or so after that shooting in Oregon, a man that I campaigned vigorously against winning the presidency, mm-hmm. which I have the right to do, not because Absolutely. of anything other than I think he's just too liberal to suit me on a, on a right. lot of issues. When I saw Absolutely. him, I, understand that. And I saw everybody attack him, um, Almost makes me get emotional trying to repeat it. But when I saw everybody attack the man, I saw something different. I didn't see him trying to politicize it. I saw a, mm-hmm. I saw a dad. I saw right. a shepherd of a bunch of sheep that is at his wit's end on what to do. And I said, no more, no less than I expect of my legislators. I will put my politics aside. I'm going to side with this president, and I'm going to stand up and do the right thing. I'm going to do what a man is supposed to do. I may not agree with him on certain other things. I may not agree with him on immigration reform, but I agree with this president on this, and I agree with that our country and responsible gun owners need to stand up and say, you know something, it's dumb that it's legal that I can do that, because if I can do that, so can a nefarious person. So can a person with mental illness. 
what in the world do I need to have laws that say you have to have a background check if you buy one at the store? If somebody can't pass a background check, what do you think they're going to go to the store and try to buy one for? If somebody's yeah, got ratty good, credit, they don't go down thought. to the bank and try to get a prime loan. A very, very strong point. I pre- like I said, your your mindset and your thought on this, and that's and that and that's the, the thing is, like you said, the president just said, can we add some common sense to this? I don't know necessarily know the the answer, and I would even offer this just so you know. I'm from South Carolina, so I grew up in them same woods hunting with my guns as well. So it's not something that I aptly just want to happen. But at the same time, when I see um, the destruction that particular weapons can cause, and I see you advocating, I mean, because you went even further than that in the video where you were advocating not only do you get trained, but maybe even have some form of continuous training or something that you well, also suggested in the video. Go ahead, please. When I was a police officer, I had to requalify for my firearm every year. Mm-hmm. And I carried that firearm every day and was expected mm-hmm. to know how to use it. Not, Not for anything like to go hunt and shoot paper targets, but so that, but that my very life depended on that firearm. Mm-hmm. And that the lives of other people around me as a responsible police officer, their lives depended on me being able to manage that firearm and handle it properly. And we it makes sense. We expect that of our military people that they know how to handle their firearm properly, and so we require them to qualify, and we require them to have training. But a guy with his only training being shooting a plastic gun at a television set can go down when he turns 21 years old and buy a pistol, and all he has to do is pass a background check. That's just stupid. Hey, makes a lot of sense to me. Let me ask you this because we like to have this discussion. My co-host, Christy, um, she's she's on the line with us, and she makes a, a real good point in reference to the background check, and I want to hear what your thoughts are, and I'll let her respond to you as well. But she made a good point earlier this morning about the idea of, and, and this is just something that we, you know, in order to figure out how best to do this, her concern was um, a situation in which maybe somebody has a personal episode where they get evaluated mentally or whatever, and there are people that get concerned with, designating people with some type of mental background is not necessarily the case. So she's a little concerned that who know who's given that authority. And so I thought it was a, a good thought for this discussion. And so I was very interested as where the things you said for the background checks on your video, you said it right now was too simple. It's not much of one, you know, and it's not one at all in the scenario that you painted, but even in implementing background checks, um, how would you address her concern? I'll let her speak to you as well. But just, you know, that's just the initial question I had because I thought it was a good question by her. What are your thoughts about how do we even figure out how to create a background check that is not biased per se? I don't know if we can avoid it completely, but what are your thoughts on that? Okay. Hi, Christy. Christy, you still there? Did I lose Christy? No, I'm out of. Christy, you still there? Oh, your phone's kind of going in and out. We can't hear you. I got to hear you mumbling a little bit. Tell Christy, are you still there? Maybe I well, can I, just I, respond. Maybe yeah, I yeah, go ahead and respond. I can't hear you. I can't, Christy, maybe you maybe drop out and come back in, Paula. I can't, I can't hear you. Go ahead. But yeah, but yeah, if All you can right. respond, that was her thought this morning. I thought it was a good, a good thought for this discussion. Let's talk about that. First of all, the, the element in the, in the law is that one has to be adjudicated mentally incompetent. And let's think about what that is. Adjudicated 
means that a diagnosis from a physician is not sufficient. It means that the court has to go through the legal process and deem, some, deem someone incompetent. Essentially the same standard that says a person can't be held responsible for a crime that they committed by reason of incompetency. That's a very, very, very high standard to say okay. you have to reach that level to be declared mentally right. incompetent. And that's a big problem. A person who is born with or develops uh, mental incapacity before they're of age 18 does not have to be deemed incompetent because it's assumed by their diagnosis and the Social Security Department for Disability and, 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 and everything will they will take they will take the the diagnosis of the medical professionals as sufficient, but in this particular case the person has to be diagnosed mentally incompetent. I mean it has to be adjudicated, not diagnosed. That's a problem. And then HIPAA restricts on what you can report. Now, here's a go around on that or a workaround. I'm assuming that you, like the rest of us in America, Montoya, you have a credit file somewhere. Absolutely. And you, and, okay. And you don't just grant anybody and everybody access. But when you go apply for a loan or a credit card, mm -hmm. you're granting that person a limited access to review your file, correct? Absolutely. Then that's not an invasion of your privacy, is it? Oh, not a, yeah, because like I say, I'm yeah, at that point, I do it by choice. Absolutely right. So, so if a person is required to give access to their mental health records in order, and there is a database where that stuff is stored by mental health professionals, just like the credit file, what about that? Now, I hear the argument hey. that say, well, what about a guy who's returning from Iraq? He's a veteran, and, and he's trained with firearms, but he's returning from Iraq, and but he's got PTSD and all that kind of stuff. Okay. I got to tell you, as bad as I hate to say it, and being a veteran of these United States military myself, that's a guy I want to kind of keep an eye on. Sorry, but hey, I, re I respect it. No, I respect it. Uh, Christy, did we get you back? Let me see if I got Christy back on the line because I would definitely want her to. I made strong okay. points, but I, you know, this was her 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 question. Christy, are you back? Are you available? Christy, did we get you back? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. So I, I I try to present the question for you since we couldn't get you on the line, Christy. Um, um, I think Mike's um, Mark's making some great comments here, and I just wanted to kind of see what your thoughts about how he would even address. Uh, and in, in the way I'm understanding him, in a sense, we do have a in a sense a lot of things already in place. I I know you you know they may not be enough, but what are your thoughts to his and I think a common sense approach to even the background check? What are, you, what are your thoughts? I, I think that he made some very strong points. I um, don't necessarily agree with them, but I appreciate his perspective because I think there is a very big um, dichotomy in the way people are treated in this country. There is some people are treated one way and other people are treated another way. And until we fix that issue, any law that we create is going to be bound and held to the standards of those issues. So just like there's an unfair number of the prison population that may favor one race as opposed to another race for the same crime, you will find when you create those laws that they will favor some people as opposed 
to other people because the whole purpose of those laws, in my opinion, and the whole point of establishing those levels of controls is to prevent a certain part of the population from being able to have access to the weapons. And sadly, the part of the population that they're trying to prevent access to the weapons is not the part of the population that is using the weapons in the mass killing. So I don't think that the law that they're trying to create and establish to protect our country are going to work. Let me, let me okay. Um, Mark, go ahead. Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Mark, please. First of all, I, I was listening to your point earlier about uh, you can put all the firearms laws and you want to in place, and it's not going to stop people from killing people. Human okay. beings are going to kill human beings. They've been doing it since Cain and Abel. Exactly. It's, it's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. we had very, very strict firearms laws in place during the 60s and 70s, and some who gets up in a tower in Texas and starts killing students. Uh, right. We had a war. You know, I mean, this mm-hmm. is just something going on. We had a president shot in the head in Dallas. Right. We, we've had a, a president assassinated in a theater. We had a president shot out in front of a hotel in Washington, D.C. It goes on and on and on and on. Human beings are just wired that they do that kind of thing. It's just a homicidal tendency, and unfortunately it happens. But here's my point. It's regardless of whether it stops a mass killing or if it stops one guy who gets out of line or is not wired right or one woman that's not that's got something going afoul and they go home and shoot their husband or wife or their children. If if we can put background checks in place, and I want to stay away from that terminology, universal background checks, because that's such a hot topic, and it's a politically charged phrase now, and it really just means that it should be illegal for people to sell a firearm out of the trunk of their car to another person. Yeah, there's nothing is, else, at least that, right? Yeah, and there's nothing I'm, else. There at the very least, let's get that fixed. There are three points that I'm advocating for, and I want to see, Christy, if you will agree with me on this. Any firearm transaction needs to be handled by a federal firearms licensed entity, an individual that has an FFL or a store. For example, instead of me going and meeting the guy at the big lots and getting cash or giving him cash for a gun, I should have and could have called and said, meet me over at Bob's Gun Shop. I'll give old Bob a $20 bill, and he'll run your background check, and we'll run the gun through the system, and I'll pay you your money, and I'll get my gun, and Bob will be happy because he got a fee for doing the FFL check. Is there a problem with that? No, I think that's actually just common sense on the gun purchaser's part to protect themselves from the possibility of being accused of a crime for having a weapon that they didn't know the history of. So, right. I mean... So, point one, that's not gun control. That's responsible firearm legislation. See, when you ask me what gun control is, and I say that's being able to keep about a four-inch group at 40 yards. <laughs> that's gun control. <laughs> hey, I saw, real quick, I saw a sticker the other day that was because we were having this topic, so I guess I paid attention to it. I saw a stick on the back of the car that says gun control is using two hands. <laughs> yeah. All right. But go now, ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead and make your other point. Sorry about that. Firearm legislation. Then I hear folks that will say, well, that's not going to stop anybody. Criminals will still get them. Well, let me just tell you what it will do, okay? It will stop a guy like me from selling somebody, a total stranger, a firearm in the middle of a parking lot. Because just well, like when I'm sitting 70 miles an hour. 
When I huh? And so the question is, will it really stop anybody from doing something? Well, okay. Or will it just put them in jail if they get caught doing it? Well, now, there again, that's going to be my second point. My second point is severe federal firearms charges for violations of the firearm rules, up to and including mm-hmm. use of the firearm, commission of a felony, or being in possession of a firearm if you're a convicted felon or if you are a probationer or someone that's not supposed to have a firearm, that whatever crime you've been charged with at the state level, and once you serve your time, the day you get out of state prison, the federal marshals are picking you up to go over and stay at the federal prison for five more years. So severe penalties. And in a situation Mm -hmm. like in Oregon where the mother, who had prior knowledge that her son was mentally incompetent but provided him access to weapons, she should be charged as a principal in the first degree for facilitating that homicide. What do you think about that last point, Chrissy? That she provided him with access to the firearms, knowing, had prior knowledge that he was mentally unstable, she should be under the same penalty as if she pulled the trigger as a principal in the first degree. What do you think about that last one, Christy? What do you think about that one? Just want to get your take on that. I I understand the, the, I think in an ideal world, all of those things could be beneficial. But I think the disparity of the criminal system in our country will prevent those things from being what actually comes of the laws that are in place. Just right, like, let me ask you something that's more simple, and maybe we can get on common ground here with this. If you go out on the interstate and you see a sign that says 70 miles an hour, do you as a responsible driver try to stay somewhere around 70? Do you believe that most responsible people will? Christy. I no. You don't, don't think most responsible people will try to obey the speed limit? Most responsible people don't appear to try to obey the speed limit. I mean, I'm on the, the freeway all the time, I, and people are driving way yeah, over the speed limit. I can remember. Well, that's what I'm talking about. There are those who don't. Okay, let me ask you this: If if the doctor gives you a prescription for medication, would you mm-hmm. sell it to someone else? No, I wouldn't. Okay. Do you think most people would agree with you on that? I think the majority of people probably would not sell their medication because okay. most so, people would. So what causes people it. to not? What causes people to not do it is the same thing that caused me to not go in that cookie jar twice when my grandma told me don't. That was the fear of reprisal. I didn't want to get my hand smacked again. And so people, good responsible people obey the laws for the most part. And I can tell you as a policeman, when I was working as a police officer, about one out of about every 500 cars that went by may have been speeding or violating the law. Pretty good. That's a pretty good percentage. Everybody doesn't violate the law. And when you put up posted road signs, and, and all I'm saying is, is responsible gun owners advocate ourselves. We advocate for responsible gun ownership laws. Not to infringe the rights of the citizens, but how do you on the Second Amendment get around the two words, well-regulated? It doesn't say unregulated. And I don't disagree with having regulations for um, gun ownership, and I don't disagree with having required training for gun ownership. The only well, thing I disagree with... Right now. That's, 
That's my personal the only thing opinion. I disagreed with was was taking away people's right to bear arms. That's what I disagree I, with. I'm not advocating that whatsoever, but I'm going to tell you what is going to happen. What is going to happen is if responsible gun owners that want to continue to have them, want to have them in the future, we'd better stop defending, quasi-defending or de facto defending these killers in mass murders that's saying it's not the gun's fault because every time there is one of these, and we do that, we are putting one more round in the chamber for the people that want to take guns away to go back to the Supreme Court and have Heller versus D.C. overturned, and then we reset the clock back to the Firearms Control Act of 1975. That's what's going to happen if, if responsible gun owners don't get on board and say, we need to do something. Hey, I got to speak to that, Mark. That's, that, if I could speak to that, Mark, that is um, a very, obviously you're, You've thought about this in an amazing way, and as as you told me, it was literally you watching that that um, Obama speak that, in a sense, drove this. And in a sense, you've created a, an entire organization. I don't want you to make sure you tell our audience what that organization will. I will get that put up on Mental Dialogue as well. But the thing that you just spoke to is just a very smart and intelligent approach for, like you said, for even those who are – Totally against gun control, and I had a I had a, someone when I put up the show title says we we shouldn't even call it gun control. And based on what you're talking about, I do agree. Even if we get away from the the politicized word of control, and like you said, responsible gun legislation sounds completely different than this idea of control, which creates this huge divide and fight amongst us. So I love the approach. I, I think it is incredibly well thought out. But if you will, before we let you go, make sure. Thank you for coming on. But please let people know how they can get in contact with you if they want to be a part of being smart and reaching out to legislation because I think that's what you're looking to do with your organization. But please give mm-hmm. them that information and appreciate you so much this morning for coming on. Well, thank you. And, Christy, thank you so much for listening to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the organization is really not even an organization as of last Sunday. I just posted a <laughs> video of my thoughts and opinions on my personal Facebook page and shared it with seven friends. As of right now, it's been shared by about one, uh, 1.5 million uh, views, and it's being shared in, I believe, there are close to 30,000 threads in conversation going on about this. So we just decided to go ahead and form an organization, a coalition, I mean, a coalition to uh, start driving this as a political agenda. And I, I want to just reiterate what those three points are. We want to move towards responsible gun owner legislation that includes. Federal firearms, trans, uh, firearms have to be done through a federal firearms licensee that includes a background check on every single transfer of a firearm and that it includes that that background check includes access to mental health records, something that we can get through and pass the HIPAA laws. But that's what I'm talking about, responsible firearms legislation. So the, the organization, it's just my Facebook account, it's uh, Mark L. Carmen right now, but the, the organization is called the American Coalition for Responsible Gun Ownership, and it's acrgo.org. We don't have our website up and functioning, but we expect by tomorrow morning that it will be. It's ACR. Oh, you're moving fast. Mm-hmm. ACRGO. Yeah, ACRGO. I'm calling it ACRGO. And, um, gotcha. Love I wanna, it. I want to I say this to everybody who may have seen the president's speech. Do like I did. I don't look at him like I usually do, like a political adversary, because I don't like his agenda, because he seems to, you know, I disagree with him on some other points. 
But look at him like a dad who's got kids getting ready to go to college. Hey, I love it. We're up Goodbye. against the end of the show, Mark. Thank you very much for coming on. You listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think next Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, live in Executive Cuts. We'll be right back next week. All I ask is that you think.